business. Taking care of business. Taking care of business. Taking care of business. There's a place out there that's different. A place whose people understand that the word welcome is more than a greeting. That the things you can't count count for everything. That life is in the details. So when you come to this place and find that the details of your life are treated as all that matters, you'll understand the difference between a hotel and a Hyatt. And you will say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the people there will smile and humbly reply, you're more than welcome. Yeah! You will uh, understand the difference between a hotel and the Hyatt, and you will say, thank you, thank you, thank you, and the people there will smile and humbly reply, you are more than welcome. Because the things you can't count, count for everything. <laughs> that just cracks me up. <laughs> I taught them that line. I didn't believe that line. They don't believe that line. When you check out of the, of the hotel, they'll hand you a bill. And you will notice, hey, somebody did some, some counting. And even if you say, thank you, thank you, thank you, they won't smile and say you're more than welcome until you hand them something that they can, that they can count. That they, they don't want you to, to know this but they're selling you the dream of a place where nobody's counting. So they can count your money. For the details of their bank account is all that matters. So nice dream. There is a place out there that's different, but, but not that place. It's a business. Hello, a business. It's all about counting, and I should know because my name is Pete Hyatt. Founder of the Hyatt Hotels. Pete Hyatt spelled H-I-E-T-T. Two thousand years ago, I paid these illiterate shepherds to paint our very first sign. They paint H-Y-A-T-T. Oy vey. Tonight, we're unveiling our new logo. H-I-E-T-T. <laughs> anyway, I'm Pete Hyatt. My first hotel was in a little town uh, named Bethlehem, the Hyatt Bethlehem. Bethlehem, Hebrew, which means house of, house of bread. And yeah, you, you, you guessed it, uh, Hyatt Bethlehem, house of bread. Uh, I'm the guy. I'm the one in all the school plays, you know, the one that missed Christmas. The one that, that uh, said no room in the inn, the innkeeper. I, I prefer CEO, but I was also COO, director of operations, uh, custodian, cook, marketing director. 
Hey, you like those, um, those little soaps, you know, they have at, uh, at hotels? I, soap was a big thing back in my day. You want some soap? Here, have some soap. You, get some soap. Uh, have some soap. Uh, yeah, I got toothbrushes too. Little of that, look at toothbrushes. I love this stuff. I was marketing director. Now stay at the Hyatt Hotel, all right? I love the little, I love the little soaps. I loved the, the toilet paper. I know that the, the, the strip of paper, you know, they put around the toilet after you clean it. You know that? You, you, you go number two, you feel like you crossed the finish line. You break the tape. Woohoo! You're, you're a winner. I was the marketing director. I was the business manager, and I was the accountant. And I will tell you that along about zero, we were running into some, some troubles. It was uh, the time of the census. Oh, you sing that song. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how, how still we see thee. Lie not. The census means that uh, everybody was coming to Bethlehem. They hadn't yet figured out that if you took a census, you could like go to the people. No, the Romans made the whole world go to them just so some Roman could sit on his can and count Jews. One Jew, two Jew, three Jew. Or should I say three Jew, two Jew, one Jew. See, like I was telling you, we were having some, some accounting troubles. We was making the switch from B.C. to A.D. And I had to keep reminding myself, stop counting backwards. It's not B.C., it's, it's, it's A.D. We've been counting backwards for as long as I could remember. <laughs> 10 B.C., 9 B.C., 8 B.C., 7 B.C., 6 B.C. I mean, we was coming up on zero, and we didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> Some of my friends had this theory that a holiday was going to happen, and they went to the hotel business. They opened a little place down the street called the Holiday Inn. <laughs> At the Hyatt, uh, we kind of went with the same angle, but a little more pizzazz. In fact, we kind of had this jingle. At the Hyatt, Hyatt of Bethlehem, music and passion are always in fashion. At the Hyatt, don't fall in love. Hyatt of Bethlehem, don't fall in love. Hyatt of Bethlehem, don't fall. Lust, yeah. Love, no. Why? Because love is bad for business. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love has stopped counting. Hyatt of Bethlehem. Granted, at the time, it probably wasn't what a, much of what you would call a, a hotel. Downstairs, I had a room for me and my, and my family. And upstairs, we had a room for our guests. And out back, a, a stable. Not really a, a hotel, so more like a house. The Hyatt house. The, the Hyatt house. Ever since I was a kid, I had... Oh, here's another toothbrush. <laughs> Ever since I was a kid, I had this dream of having a hotel, people from every nation, famous people, powerful people, well-traveled and mysterious people would stay at my hotel. And then I would be famous, powerful, well-traveled and mysterious too. I'd own the hotel and the world would stay in my hotel. Ipso facto, I'd own the world. I had, I had big dreams. I even thought to myself, maybe one day I could be president. I didn't, even, I didn't even know what president meant. I don't even know where that word came from, but anyway. 
like I was saying, long about zero, things were challenging, but it seemed to be working. I had a couple Roman hotshots staying upstairs. I was taking care of business, working overtime. See, it's not like I was a, a bad guy. Uh, I, I, I was in Rotary. I was the chairman of the synagogue relief council. That's good business. I mean, I wasn't uh, some kind of monster or something, just busy, real busy like you. That's how it happened. No time, no place, no space. When I hear this knock at the door late one night, open the door and there are these two tramps there. He looks like a laborer. She looks like she's in, in labor. I was humming the Hyatt theme song, you know, at the Hyatt, and they definitely did not look like Hyatt material. He says, sir, may we have a room. My wife is great with child. And I think to myself, she doesn't look that great to me. <laughs> not, not Hyatt material. I bet she's conning me with this labor and delivery routine. Heck, I bet they ain't even married. That's what I think. What I say is there's an outreach down the street. He says, sir, the outreach is full and my betrothed, my betrothed is pregnant. Pregnant, I say. Well, well buddy, that's not my fault. <laughs> and he says to me, in all seriousness, it's not my fault either. <laughs> so I, I start laughing and then he gives me this look like I'm laughing at the Virgin Mary or something, you know? And I'm thinking to myself, I've had enough of this malarkey. So I just said, there's no room in the inn. And he keeps begging me. Finally, I said, look, kid, there's a stable out back, and I shut the door. I just shut the door. Easy as that. Shut the door. Well, along with my wife, Susanna, and my baby boy, Moisha, I just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the street there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. And my neighbors are yelling, shut up, you stupid drunk shepherds. And sure enough, these crazy mangy shepherds are, are running around the street screaming, angels, angels, we saw angels, big glowing angels. And they said unto us, this born this night in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, a savior who is Christ the Lord, the Messiah. Now, you got to understand, Messiah is to Bethlehem kind of like aliens is to your Roswell, New Mexico, okay? <laughs> we hear this stuff all the time. The prophecies, cities of David, yada, yada, yada. They're running around. One of them sees me, and he screams, Mr. Hyatt, Mr. Hyatt, Mr. Hyatt, we're looking for a baby wrapped in swelling clothes and lying in a manger. And I think to myself, yep, they're drunk. And just then I remembered the two tramps that I sent out back, and I just went like this. They took off around uh, to, the, to the, back of the back of the house, and, and I didn't know exactly what to do, so I went inside. I reassured the Romans that everything was kosher, and, and then I climbed up on the roof. From the roof, you could look down on the stable in the back, in the, in the back and I, I couldn't believe what I saw. Sure enough, she hadn't been conning me. She'd had a, she'd had a baby. She'd delivered a baby like in the, in the, in the cattle store. You could smell the, uh, the, the amniotic fluid and the blood in the air. They'd taken the, the baby, wrapped it in, in rags and put it in the feed bin. 
Now, that's weird, but you know, that kind of stuff happens to poor people all the time, all around the world. What freaked me out was them shepherds. I knew these guys, sleazebags. And they had thrown themselves face down in the mud around the manger, uh, uh, facing, facing the manger, and I could see it. They were trembling. And I thought, my God, they actually think that that baby is the Messiah. And then I thought, what if? I don't know how long I stayed on the roof. Normally, I don't have time or space for crazy, crazy thoughts like that, but I, I lost myself just staring down at the stable. I wondered. In fact, I wondered as I wondered out under the stars. I wondered, what if? I had said, that there's no room, because they were too small. They were beneath me. They would not fit in the Hyatt. And obviously, they could not pay. Obviously, I was counting. Obviously, I would have to forgive their hotel bill. Ew. <laughs> forgive is an accounting term. Forgive is like a swear word to a, a businessman. It's bad business. Forgive. But what if, what if? What if the shepherds, what if the shepherds were right? Oh, then, then the baby wasn't too small. The baby was way, 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 way too big, and maybe God was counting. You know, you get tangled in business with the big boys, and you can lose your shorts. You know what I mean? And I figured God was a big boy and a very shrewd businessman at that. I'd once heard Rabbi Joseph say that he had a conversation with God. He said to God, God, is it true that for you a minute is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a minute? And God said, yes, Joseph, this is true. And then Joseph, Rabbi Joseph, he said to God, is it also true that a penny is like a million dollars to you and a million dollars is like a penny? And God said, yes, Joseph, this is also true. And then Rabbi Joseph, he said, God, and God said, yes. And then Rabbi Joseph said, could I have just, just, just one of your pennies? And God said, sure, <laughs> just a minute. <laughs> yeah, it takes a little while, huh? Yeah, doing the accounting. But I figured that's what God was like, a shrewd businessman who, who uh, had impeccable accounting skills and always, always collected on his, his debt. So I figured if this was the Messiah, best to act like I just didn't know. And I didn't, I didn't want to know. I didn't want to get tangled in that. I couldn't afford that. I couldn't afford him. I couldn't appease him. I, I couldn't get in business. I, I couldn't even think about him. It's, it's what we all do, right? It's just too much. It's just too big. We're, we're middle class, you know. And, and nothing too small and nothing too big. Everything just, just medium. The baby was either too small or way, way, way too big. And what if he was both too small and too big all at once? Then all my business was, all my business sense was, was nonsense. And all my Counting did not count. I was taking care of business and literally working at nothing all day. 
If this was the Messiah, his smallness made him huge, in, inconceivable. He wouldn't fit in my inn. He wouldn't fit in my head. He wouldn't fit in my heart. He wouldn't fit in my world. My inn was full of the world. My head was full of business, and my heart was full of me. I had no room for compassion or forgiveness. I was running the business. I had a business to run. I had no room for grace. I, I had to balance the books. I had no room for, for mercy. I, people had to pay their debts. I had no room for wonder. I, I had it all figured out and under control. I, I had no room for faith. My business, it ran like a, like a machine. I had no room for love. Maybe lust, but not love. Love could get you crucified. I had no room for God. Because God can just take your little middle-class world and just blow it to smithereens. Ah. I just wondered about all these things as I, as I stared down at, at the manger. And, and, then, and then I remember thinking, you know, my life is so full of everything. Maybe I don't got room for anything or anybody. Except, of course, for, for Moshe. And he'd kind of snuck in. I'd only thought of myself, and, and then, you know, I, I had a baby, my son. They're born small, you know. That's how they sneak in. Then they, they grow. They get into your heart, and they grow, and they crack it open, kind of like a, a root. You know how a root will get into a crack in a rock, and then it will grow and bust it open. And as I sat on the roof, I remembered that Isaiah said that the Messiah was, was a root. And I, I wondered if God could get small enough to like sneak into your heart and bust it open. And, and I wondered, what did, what did God want? Room? There was no room in the end. There was no room in the Hyatt. But there was room in the manger because it was empty. I looked down at, at, the, at the stable, and now those, those mangy shepherds were holding, they were holding the baby. Maybe they were empty. They had room. I was starting to feel kind of empty, too. Bethlehem was now still, and yet the night seemed alive with like a, a music just beyond what I could hear. I kind of wanted to go down there. I wanted to go down there and throw myself in the slop and tremble and cry out, you can come in, you can come in, you can come in, there's room, you can have my room. I had just about lost myself. I had just about entirely forgotten myself when I heard it, a voice. It did not say, kill the Christ child, worship Satan. No, it was, it was just one word, bagels. <laughs> that was it, bagels. 
And I thought, my God, the bagels and, and the Romans and the complimentary all-you-can-eat breakfast buffet included for only $49.95. I jumped up, I slapped myself in the head, and I said, Pete, 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 get serious. I'm cursing myself, running down the stairs. Get serious. You got business to take care of. And that's how it happened. No room in the end. For 2,000 years, people have judged me for saying, there's no room in the end. But you say it too. Whenever you're just too busy to say, thank you, God. Whenever you're too full of yourself to forgive somebody else. Whenever you pass a tramp on the street and you don't look him in the eye, you know, just because you got business to take care of. No room in the end, the issue isn't room in the end, it's, it's room in yourself. Because <laughs> you're full of yourself. And God gave you yourself. It's like you stole yourself. <laughs> Why do you say, myself? If you owe God anything, if you owe God anything, it's yourself room in the inn. You know, that's like a joke. No room for the one who made space. No time for the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. But there was room in the manger. Its inside was bigger than the entire outside, for it contained the one who made space-time. But the Hyatt had no room. Like it was nowhere and nothing. And in order to protect nowhere and nothing, I shut the door. Was that that easy? I just shut the door. It's so frightening that you can just shut the door on God. I know you've thought it. You've thought if there's a God, he would make it totally obvious. Kind of like I thought if God wanted into my inn, he'd just bust the door down. That's what the Romans would do. They wouldn't knock, they'd just bust the door down. That's what Herod would do. King Herod, he wouldn't knock, he'd just bust the door down. But maybe God's not like the Romans. Maybe he's not like King Herod. You know, I... I kissed up to the Romans, and I hated the Romans. <laughs> I would let them into my hotel, but I wouldn't let them into my heart. I kissed up to King Herod, and I hated King Herod. I kissed up to God, and I think I hated God. Even if I had let them into my hotel, there wasn't no way that I was letting them into my heart. Not, not that night. For 1,500 years, we Jews had kissed up to God, and I, I think we, we hated God. I'm just saying it wasn't just me that had no room. Well, in, in the morning, in the morning, the little family was gone. They stayed at some relatives or something in, in Bethlehem. And then I heard some weird stories about wizards from the east or something like that. And then one day someone said they just up and left. Suddenly, they just up and left. 
And then it happened. All my dreams died. Herod's men didn't knock. <laughs> they just kicked the door down. And they ripped my screaming two-year-old Moisha right from my arms, and they ran a sword to his heart. All of Bethlehem was an open wound. King Herod was terrified of that baby that was born in my stable. And I was too. I figured that Moshe was payment for my debt against the Holy One of Israel. I mean, the shepherds, the magi, Herod's envy, the death of my only begotten son, it all equaled my secret terror. It was the Messiah on whom I had shut the door. And not just once, but time and time and time and time again. I, I figured that I was damned. God damned. And then I really did shut the door. For 30 years, I shut the door. For 30 years, terrorized that God would come demanding payment on my debts. Nothing was allowed into my world bigger than me and my own con control. Definitely not people. People are, are like a world in and of, of themselves, and, and they can hurt you. So I was the innkeeper, vacant of life, with no room for people. Only me, alone in hell, hotel hell, a hell, a hell no, no larger than myself. I don't think anything is smaller than hell. And the door is locked from the inside. It's ironic, but during this time, my business grew. It grew. But it was no longer my dream. It had now become my addiction. Anyway, long about 30 AD, 30 years later, I started hearing these stories about Jesus of, of Nazareth, and, and I knew it was him. He called himself the bread of life. Grew up in Nazareth, but he was from Bethlehem, house, house, of, bre house of bread. I, I, I heard that he healed people, preached good news. I was scared of him, but I was intrigued by him. By this time, I was living in Jerusalem because we had opened the downtown Hyatt Jerusalem. When he came to town, I would sneak into the crowds and stand in the back just to listen. One day, some of his disciples followed me home and said this, the teacher says to you, where is the room where I am to eat the Passover with my disciples? That freaked me out. I gave them the room. They ate supper, and then they left. 
Next day, I, I followed the crowds to the praetorium and then uh, on to Calvary, and I watched in shock as the priests and the Pharisees and the Romans and Herod, all together, they strung him up naked as the day that he was born in my stable. They nailed him to a tree in the garden. They crucified him, and I heard them as he lifted his head and he cried, Father, forgive them! And something else. And I watched him die. See, it wasn't only me that shut the door on Jesus. No room in the inn. Try no room in this whole damn world. I walked home in a pouring, pouring rainstorm. My head was spinning. He said, Father, forgive them. And then he said, it is finished, like he was taking care of business. And I thought, that is some crazy business. Forgive them? And then I thought, am I them? Am I forgiven? Am I for would he forgive me? And, 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 and then I thought, well, did God take Moshe as payment for my debt? There was something else going on there. And then I thought, hey, you know, the same crowd that killed Moshe also killed Jesus, only begotten Son of God. And then I thought, does God feel what I feel? Does God hurt like I hurt? Is God where I am? Would God get that small to enter into hell, into my hell? Well, that day something took root in hell. Now you know the story, right? He rose from the dead. An old shepherd told me that he was the Lamb of God slain for the sins of the world. I thought, that is crazy. Now, that is some crazy business. And then I had some more crazy thoughts. Moshe then wasn't payment for my debts, but maybe the Son of God was. But the angel said, Christ the Lord. That means that the Son of God is God, like the heart of God. So God was paying God for my debt, which was me, that I stole from him. And then I thought, how could anyone pay God for anything? I mean, really, seriously. He's the, how could, that's nuts. How could anyone pay God uh, for anything? God pays for everything. He's the creator. Hello, he pays for everything, for everyone, every time and everywhere. And suddenly all my business sense just made no sense. And all my counting just did not count. I just did not know what to make of all that for about uh, six weeks. During that time, folks didn't hear much from Jesus' disciples, but actually, I let them stay in our upper room. They looked, you know, so confused and bewildered and desperate, kind of reminded me of Jesus' daddy those 30 years, 30 years before. For, 
for the Feast of Weeks, that's Pentecost, seven times seven, times seven they had some friends over to stay, um, uh, quite a while, uh, over to pray and to stay, and I was downstairs. By this time, my family was gone, and I was a, an old and rather broken and empty man, and I remember this one morning, for the first time in 30 years, I, I just muttered a prayer. I said, God, I got nothing. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Me. And then I just broke down weeping. And through my tears, I said, oh, God, if I could do it over again, if I could do it over, I'd invite him in. I'd say, come in, come in. There's room. You can have my room. And just when I said that, the whole house, it like started to shake. And then there was this mighty wind. And then like tongues of fire coming down from the ceiling. They knocked me over on my can and I was out. I was out. And when I came to, everything was different. Nothing was empty. All things were full. And I was full. I was new and all things were new. And maybe the freakiest of all, I had stopped counting. Because I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew that everything, everything, everything was absolutely free. I was shaken like a drunk shepherd. And then I remember, I think I hear drunk shepherds. It was those guys upstairs. I ran upstairs and they were just like, they were just like going nuts. I looked out of the window and people, people from like every nation were swarming to my, to my hotel. And then this one guy, I think his name was Peter, Peter from the Hyatt. He stands on the balcony, he addresses the crowd. He says, uh, brothers and sisters, these people are not drunk as you would suppose. It's nine o'clock in the morning. This is what was prophesied by the prophets, by the prophet Joel, that in, that in the last days, my spirit will be poured out on all flesh, all flesh. You, you, your daughters, your daughters will prophesy say your sons will have visions and your old men will dream dreams. And suddenly I, I realized that, that my dreams were back. They were back and they were bigger and they were better than, than ever. The hopes and fears of all the years, they were, they were back and they were new. It was like they had been resurrected and redeemed and nothing, 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 nothing was wasted. My old dreams, I realized, was just the beginning of God's dreams. My dreams had never, ever, ever been too big, but always too small, always too small to hold him. As long as I thought that I could create my dreams, I could not dream of my creator. But now I was full of him. And full of the Creator, I was full of everything. I knew that he had Moshe, I knew he had me and all his creation. I knew that he was in total control of every, every detail. It was all according to plan. The fact that the inn was full, the fact that the Messiah was born in my stable, the fact that Romans really like bagels, the fact that I couldn't stop counting. It was also that I could see God stop counting. And that's what counts. That I would see all is forgiven and it is finished. That I would know God is love 
and that I would begin to love as he has always loved me in absolute and perfect and infinite freedom. It all happened to empty me of me so that I could be filled with him. He is all-powerful, irresistible, unstoppable, incalculatable, eternal, infinite grace. Oh, who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. So check it out. Sorry for yelling, by the way. Your pastor told me not to do that, but anyway, check it out. There is a place out there that's different. A place where the things you can't count count for everything. There is a place of absolute grace, and that place is called reality. Some people call it the kingdom of heaven. Some people call it the kingdom of God, it's reality. Kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God was, God was in me, and I am his kingdom. And, check this out, I didn't create the dream. I did not create that dream. I didn't create the dream. I didn't own the dream. I am the dream <laughs> that God is dreaming. So I know the difference between a hotel and the Hyatt. <laughs> I could buy a hotel. I am the Hyatt. Built not by human hands, but built by God, owned and operated by God to house God. Did you hear me? God. Oh, and he is bigger than the world. And he is famous, and powerful, and well-traveled, and mysterious. At the Hyatt, the Peter Hyatt, Music and passion are always in fashion at the Hyatt. He fell in love. The Peter Hyatt, he fell in love. That day, Pentecost, upper room, I dropped to my knees and I cried out, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I felt God smile. And I heard Jesus humbly reply, Pete, <laughs> you are more than welcome. Welcome to the Peter Hyatt. That was a living nativity scene. We was a living nativity scene. You can read about it in Acts chapter 2. We sold all our possessions. I sold the hotel we gave to the poor. We shared everything in common. No one had any needs, and that place was a different kind of place. You know what we called it? Church! Whoa! Didn't see that one coming, did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what we called it. You got some weird churches today. Anyway, I didn't miss Christmas, and neither should you. The guy in the upper room, Pentecost, he finished his speech by saying this, and it shall be in that day that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, yada, yada, yada. Repent, which means change your thinking, your brain. Stop counting and be baptized, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It happens in different ways. Sometimes tongues of fire. I'm serious about that. And sometimes how silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. But either way, it's Christmas Eve. 
So it would be a good time to open the door and let him in. Invite him in. You know, um, you can do that just by singing this next song and meaning it, okay? So band guy, where's the band? Those band guys are great. Come up here. And, uh, okay, I want you to sing that special song I told you about, all right? And, when, and make sure that they mean it, okay? And then when you come to the pod, they'll come to us at bite. You know, you know what I'm saying, okay? So sing the song and mean it. Town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamlessly. The silent stars go by, yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting of all the years are met in thee tonight. For Christ is born, for Christ is born of Blessing of his heaven, no ear may hear him coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in.
us, abide in us, our Lord Emmanuel. So you see in the upper room, on the night that he was betrayed, right before he was crucified, it was Christmas Eve. And it was like Christmas Eve for all creation because he is the manifestation of the judgment and the word and the will of God. And it was then that he took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Take and eat. And in the same manner, he took the cup and he said, This cup is the covenant in my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, all of you. He is the bread of life. And so, you see, when you come to this table and you put the bread in you, you become the house of bread, house of bread. You become his house, his temple, his, his body, um, his new Jerusalem. And this cup is the eternal covenant of grace. The only condition is that there are no conditions, which sounds like a strange conditions, but for us, it is. It burns. You can't earn this. You can't buy this. You can't deserve this. You must stop counting. In other words, if you think that you can pay for this, it will burn you. That's, I think, the warning that Paul gives in Corinthians. If you're full of yourself, it will fry your ego. That's not a bad thing, but it could be a rather painful thing. If, on the other hand, you feel empty, if you feel poor in spirit, blessed are you. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness because you don't feel all that righteous but you want to be, blessed are you. If you feel like a, a bunch of old weather wood held together with rusty nails covered in animal spit behind some resort hotel where the world parties, <laughs> Blessed are you, because you are the place where the Christ child is born. You are being emptied of yourself. In fact, I kind of think that's what this world is about, in order that you might be filled with him forever. So if you would, just pray this prayer with me. I'm not going to ask you to do anything weird, except you just pray this prayer with me, all right? Silently in your heart, you can just pray it after me. Just pray, I believe. And oh God, help my unbelief. I confess, God, I, I have been full of myself. Even as I'm, well, you can't say this part. I can say it. Even as I'm preaching, I'm thinking about, what are people going to think? How they, I'm, I'm trying to justify myself, Lord God. So I confess myself. I surrender myself and my judgments to your judgment, our Lord Jesus. So, Jesus, there's room. You can have my room. <laughs> 
and I thank you that you make it our room. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.